Hey everyone, did you think it was gonna be different? Well, so did I. What I've learned is that I'm not your typical daughter, mom, ex-wife, business owner, or maybe I am, but I just don't know it because no one talks about it. We are all too busy with a bunch of different balls in the air to take time to process, well, just about anything. But that is all gonna change with this tribe. Ladies, I'm one of you. I've been there and done that. And we don't need to go through it alone. Will we be practical? Yep. Will we be goofy? Absolutely. Will we swear? You bet your sweet ass. By the way, little secret, this is not going to be the podcast you want to listen to in the van with your kids. So ladies, slip on your heels because we all feel more powerful in heels. Grab your wine because it's five o'clock somewhere. And let's dive into Not Your 1950s Housewife with me, Gina Seminary. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for coming back and joining us here for today's podcast. I am super excited to have Chris Kaplan on with us today. For those of you who don't know Chris, he's a firm believer that if you're not having fun with what you're doing, maybe you're doing it all wrong. And after 20 years of being an entrepreneur and building a great company, to have more fun, he sold it. And since 2012, he's been dedicated to inspiring and empowering entrepreneurs to build a better life and company. He's also a husband to his wonderful wife since 1999. I love it, Chris. A kick-ass father to their two amazing teens. And to keep healthy, he is an eight-time, eight-time Ironman finisher the passion for yoga, exercise, and healthy living. Hey, Chris. How you doing? I am good. Yay. This is so exciting. Chris and I actually got introduced just uh, a few weeks ago, and we made this happen super quick, finding out that we actually have a lot of common friends here. (laughs) One of which you saw at Starbucks this morning in Rochester. I know. We're going to give a shout out to Dave Mamano. Hey, Dave. (laughs) He'll be so proud because he's like, you didn't give me a shout out. So this is our one moment. (laughs) But I loved just kind of having that introduction chat with you last week because I did not know a ton about you, but multiple people have said, you got to talk with Chris because you have such a fascinating journey, which got you to where you are now. So Tell us a little bit about this. I don't even know how you want to start. Sure. Yeah, it's a Rochester-based thing, and I left Rochester at the, pretty much at the beginning of this journey. Um, I say 30 years ago, but it's coming up on 31, so don't, don't hold me to the timing of the stories that I tell. Um, I'll get them right within 9 or 12 months. But 30 years ago today, I was sitting in a jail cell uh, for the second time as a, as a predicate convicted felon in the state of New York, which meant that... If I pled guilty, I was facing a minimum of one year time. Um, And if I was found guilty, the offer they had given me was 10 and a half to 15 years. And um, so I I didn't have a lot to look forward to 30 years ago when I was 20 years old. And um, by the grace of God, um, um, some amazing changes happened in my life. I, you know, I, I, I got sober, I got myself out of jail, I got myself into a into a um, treatment facility, into their halfway house, into a supportive living environment. That was two and a half year journey. Um, went to 
uh, Monroe Community College and got my associate's degree during that time. Wasn't allowed to work. I was collecting welfare and doing internships. Uh, had an internship at Smith Barney Shearson. And, and uh, when I could actually start working again, Lori started paying me five bucks an hour. Uh, I quickly learned that if I would wash and wax all of the broker's cars, I could make way more money. And um, right. so I stopped working for Lori for five bucks an hour and started waxing her car and her husband Ron's car and the general managers there and then friends of the family and had this little cleaning business while going to RIT and realized I was not designed to work for anyone else. And um, quickly after, you know, doing some telemarketing jobs and some things like that, just to get my teeth cut in a few sales areas. Um, realized that I wanted to start my own company and my entrepreneurial journey started um, uh, 25 years ago and um, so you were how old at the time 26 25 wow. 26 years old when I started um, what became Chris and company I uh, and it was a manufacturer sales rep agency that sold giftware stationery bath and body and home accent to retailers around the greater Northeast uh, New York, New Jersey, and all six New England states. Hired a bunch of sales reps, had a bunch of manufacturers, sold to 4,000 plus retail stores, all of which, you know, had their buying offices within that territory. You know, everyone from, you know, Rochester, um, Parkley, to Barnes & Noble, and everywhere in between. And um, having grown up at Parkley, uh, my mom's um, retail store, I had a passion for that category. I had a passion for, um, you know, uh, that, that customer service and um, like bringing cool, fun things to other cool, fun retailers and uh, while having a fun time doing it. Uh, yes, fun has always been part of uh, my life. They've got a core value there that's funnily serious, seriously funny, and um, which means we have a good time doing something incredibly well. So I, I got sober and I started a company and um, after getting married, had kids and realized I was, I don't know, I was 40 years old. I was 242 pounds wearing a size 40 lucky jean, which is like a size 44 in any other jean company. Completely out of shape, couldn't run a half mile to save my life, didn't own a bike and hadn't swam since high school. And um, hmm. Well, my daughter asked me to take her to the park one day for the, I think was the third time, I realized if I have to walk up that hill one more time, I'm gonna have a heart attack, I'm gonna die, and I should get in shape. So this Ironman journey started, cause like, why not just go all in? Um, I'm the kind of guy who yeah, like jumps I mean, into the pool and um, like, if, if, like, it doesn't really matter if there's water in it or not. Like we'll we'll figure out the tuck and roll on the way down, and um, all in um, two speeds, either off or fully on. And um, but the reason for this conversation today, the reason that I am writing this book, uh, the reason that I do what I do today is that I saw four fundamental reoccurring things happening in my sobriety with the 12 steps in the starting of starting and successfully running of my company and the, the Ironman journey. 
and now is a business coach to entrepreneurs and, and CEOs around the, the, the states, um, North America in particular. I am, um, because I think I've got a client in Toronto, so that includes, that makes me an international coach. International, love it, yep. <laughs> um, I saw four things emerging. Um, and, and the steps, I, I kind of broke down the steps of uh, the 12 steps of AA into four categories. The first three being I can, he can, let them. Um, for me, it was like this find this better way. It's about getting clarity on your purpose. It's about setting um, values to boundaries or, or rules we live by. And it's about having a crystal clear, clear, clear vision of where we're going. And that's a much better way than most people have in their lives. Um, usually you ask people what they want and they tell you, you know, like one thing or they tell you they're really busy, but they can't explain to you what they're really busy going after. Or they give you all the reasons why they can't do the things that they say are important because they don't have any boundaries. So those rules, those values become the boundaries we live by. We stay purpose-driven and, um, and, and, and use those two things as a filter for making our vision happen. And that's the much better way that I found to live in AA. Um, when I enrolled those into Chris and Company, things became a whole lot easier. And in my Ironman journey, when I decided for the health of my, for the health and well-being of me to be there for my children in the long run, um, to accept that that anything is possible, their mantra that was the rule, um, and to get crystal clear clarity on to run an Ironman, I didn't actually have to just go run 26 miles a day, swim for 2.4 and ride 112. I could just do a 30-minute spin class and then go mm -hmm. for a five-minute swim and then go for a little bit of run and kind of build upon that. The second group was this concept of, you know, giddy up and make it happen. Um, I have to know what the next steps are and I have to know how to measure myself along the way. And in my sobriety, you know, my, my, my sponsor early on said, go to 90 meetings in 90 days. If you're not completely satisfied, we'd be happy to refund your misery. It actually says it right there on a stick. <laughs> um, like that was Ron's, um, uh, Roy's pitch to me, Roy M. And uh, I'm like, okay, I'll go to 90 meetings in 90 days. I think I went to like 270 meetings in 90 days. I, I was living in a halfway house. I was, didn't have to work. I was collecting welfare and there were lots of meetings. So I, and I, they wouldn't let me work. My family didn't want to see me. So I'm pretty sure I did way, way more than 200 plus meetings in 90 days. And I didn't want my misery back. Um, when I got super focused on, don't worry about where my business is going in the long run, but what do I have to do over the next 90 days to make sure that the big stuff I want to have happen in the future happens and got held accountable to like this daily, like what do I have to do today repeatedly for the next 90 days, which will guarantee me success in this, you know, and that it was like get in my car and go fucking drive around, knock on retailers doors introduce yourself right you know like it, it was super simple when i started the company um but I, I i i followed the same pattern of 90 of something in 90 days and getting up to made it happen i went like drove i don't know how many miles my first year spent i don't know how many thousands of extra dollars to make nothing and but with this vision in mind that if i get some 
uh, momentum going, great things will happen. And the same thing happened in the Ironman journey. The third component for me was like, I need this, I need to create this amazing tribe of people. Um, AA told me to change people, places, and things. Um, make amends where I needed to, um, not where I didn't need to, but it was all about finding the right people and being the sum of the five people that you, some average total of the people that you spend the most time with. So I surrounded myself with people who had been sober for a long time. I surrounded myself with people who had smiles on their faces because I was miserable. And, you know, I, I surrounded my people who drove nice cars because I had a business that I wanted to, you know, like I, there was, it was not quid pro quo. It was, um, uh, well, yeah, it was. You pay me money, I'll wax your car. You tell me what to do, right. I'll go do that. You want me to do the four step with you? I'll do the four step. With you. you know, you you want it? Like, yeah, I just did what other people who looked like, sounded like, and acted like what I at that time wanted in my life. Um, I did the same in business. I found people who had better businesses and bigger businesses than me and just did what they did. No, no need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I did the same in Ironman. I found, I found a great coach. I found other people who wanted to swim and bike and run and had this cool people to hang out with. And like they became my peeps. When I joined Entrepreneurs Organization, I found this tribe of people that understood what it was like to be an entrepreneur. I'm a big believer in tribe. I come from my mom, I'm a single, I'm, I'm a, I am a single, only child of a single mom. And so tribe means a lot to me because I've always had this little tiny one with little bits and pieces of glimpses of what it's like to be part of a bigger family. My mom's been married a few times, so I've got to see what it's like to be part of a bigger family. I also know what it's like to have that family disappear in a new one. So tribe matters to me, so create your tribe. And the last is um, keep and refuel the passion. The steps say like, like that I have to um, continue to pass this on. I have to continue to learn. I have to continue to take an inventory. I had to do that in my business. And to get better as an Ironman, I had to continue to like take it to the next level, um, re share it with other people. My, it became this great joy that I'd meet people and they're like, because of you, I got off the couch. Because of you, I'm now doing sprint triathlons or um, because of you, X, something positive happened. And what I really started to see after at the end of that Ironman journey, which was just about five years ago, six years ago, maybe seven, was I, I heard entrepreneurs saying, I was running a, I, I was a dad, I was running a company, I was working long hours, I was completely out of shape, I didn't have time for anything, and I watched your journey, and I'm doing a marathon next month. My company is doing this much better. My relationship with my wife is positive and I'm spending time with my kids and I'm like, there's the impact I wanna go have. So today I work with entrepreneurs and CEOs and individuals who um, you know, want a better life. And as a result, you know, end up with better companies. And as a result, end up with companies who have people who want to be better versions of themselves. And, um, you know, it's like, I, I do it for free. 
and sometimes I do, um, and which means, and it's totally fulfilling. So at 51 years old, um, I found my next calling. At probably at 45, I found it, but today at 51, I'm comfortable that I know what my current calling is. And uh, when I get to spend some time with an entrepreneur and get them focused on where they want to go and what the next steps are and having the right team and making sure that they're executing on that and got the right strategy and are spending their money well. When I'm working with an individual who, you know, is emotionally challenged, um, um, uh, emotional train wreck challenged. Um, and mm -hmm. I get them to like, you know, let's do yoga for 10 minutes. Let's breathe for five seconds. Yeah. Let's, and, and that's super cool. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. seeing that theme a little bit in what you've been talking about, right? That, you know, the balance of, you know, physical so, and mental. Well, physical to me comes, if you're going to start somewhere, start at physical. Uh, you can take a wheel of life and look at physical, emotional, relationships, work, spirituality, finances, like whatever you want to put on there. The bottom of the rung on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, on like the most important, like I get one vessel. And when this one dies, everything else doesn't matter. So having more money, having more things, giving more, like, like, like all that's fabulous and wonderful, but like if this falls to shit, then what? So. Yep. And it's funny because I always consider the picture of a wheel, right? And there's all these different elements that factor into our life. But if you're overweighted in one way, your wheel is not going to roll. Or underweighted. <laughs> correct. You're correct. So no matter what, I think, and I, I think that's what you're focusing on with a lot of the people that you're coaching is it's all about the balance. Not, you know, I'm yeah. not using that as a cliche phrase, like work life no. balance. I'm talking about. Yeah, like you said, uh, so it's, it's just, it's, it's, there is no work-life balance. No. It's more work-life integration. I, I, I agree with you. But it's, a, it's more of a balance wheel in that occasionally I have to spend a lot, like if, if one section's really bad, as long as I'm taking care of myself first, I can then go take care of one of the other areas. But you have your website. So why don't you tell everybody your website? It's chriskaplan.com, K-R-I-S-K-A-P-L-A-N, um, or k2coaching.com. They all point to the same place. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's, you see a little bit of me there. And um, my cell phone number's on the front page, so you can call me or text me. That's great. You um, won't accept them on Facebook, but people can call you <laughs> right, and send you a text right. message. <laughs> the website, I think the website says something like, if you're interested in having a conversation, if you're an introvert, please send me an email. If you're an extrovert, feel free to text me. Yeah, and that's what <laughs> I did. I texted you, <laughs> and yes. you wrote right back. Yes. Well, this has been awesome, Chris. I really I'm going to get a whole bunch of crazy people texting me now, but, yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking time out of your uh, afternoon to chat with us. And like I said, you guys know exactly how to get a hold of Chris if you'd like to. And I really appreciate Gina, it. Thanks for, thanks for the opportunity to be on the podcast today. It was totally awesome. Oh, thank yeah. you. All right. Everybody have a great afternoon. Hey, Tribe. Thanks for tuning in today. I hoped you loved these few minutes you got to separate from your tactical life to do something for yourself. Of course, we're on iTunes, but Instagram is our place of choice. 
Follow us there, listen to past episodes, or DM me at Gina Seminary. Make sure you kick some ass today. Love you.